Hey there. So this week, we will expand on one of the therapies that we discussed in last week's episode. And it's my favorite type of therapy that I unwittingly exercised for a decade before I learned the technical term for it. Welcome to the You're Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Roxana Alexandru from Honest Rocks, and I am obsessed with social anxiety. After a decade of trying to figure out how to manage it on my own, I'm on a mission now to share every little insight I've gained along the way. Every week, we'll get just a little bit closer to unraveling the mystery of it so you can live the best version of yourself because you are worth knowing. Let's get to it. But first, I'm going to start this episode the proper way with a formal disclaimer because such is the way of things these days. Now, any techniques and types of exposure I will be outlining today have different effects on different people. So while you might benefit from graded exposure, someone else might love flooding and die on that hill. Only a trained therapist can evaluate your personal needs and personalize them to come up with the best approach for you. That being said, I am not a licensed therapist. I'm just here to tell you what has worked for me and my own experience with exposure therapy and to highlight some of the types of techniques used under exposure therapy. To be honest, when I learned the term exposure therapy, it sounded extremely intimidating and not something I wanted to be a part of. And it feels like much of the scientific terminology coming out of psychology and other scientific fields is just not human-friendly or accessible to most of us. So if you've also been intimidated and on the fence about exposure therapy and you're not exactly sure what it is, I'll do my best to walk you through and give you a proper step-by-step walkthrough on how to start thinking about implementing it in your life. If you're just hearing it for the first time, it might feel like you're going in all naked. And I should know because I've been going to naked spas here in Europe and damn, there's nothing more exposing than that. But Exposure therapy is all evidence-based, right? So it's backed by science and studies. So you can be reassured that it will help you manage your social anxiety if done correctly. Now, how much it can help you, that's up to you and the therapist and, of course, how willing you are to do the the work that comes with it. So let's go back to basics with a one-sentence umbrella definition of exposure therapy. Exposure therapy is a psychological treatment to help people confront their fears. That's the core of it. Now, you might not be surprised to hear that it originates from the work of behaviorists Ivan Pavlov and John Watson in the early 1900s. If you've heard of Pavlov's dog, that's the root of exposure therapy. Interesting, right? Exposure therapy is the most effective psychological technique for treating anxiety disorders. So not just social anxiety, but of course, my podcast is about social anxiety. So I will be talking about exposure therapy in the context of social anxiety. As a reminder, it is an essential part of CBT, right? So cognitive behavioral therapy, which we did touch upon in last week's episode. Now, the reason why it's part of CBT is because exposure needs to be combined with unlearning negative thought patterns and associations and replacing them with new non-threatening ones. Now, you can use exposure therapy to help you with the fear of eating in public, the fear of using public restrooms, the fear of talking on the phone, 
the fear of social situations, such as going to a birthday party or talking to a retail worker, the fear of being in the center of attention, the fear of public speaking, the fear of conflict. So there are multiple ways and reasons why you would want to use exposure therapy. Now, as I mentioned earlier, it is an umbrella term, right? Because there are actually five different techniques under exposure therapy. There's graded exposure, systematic desensitization, prolonged exposure, exposure and response prevention, and lastly, flooding. Now, I'm only going to touch on three of these for time-constrained purposes and also to give attention to the techniques most frequently used for social anxiety specifically. So first, let's talk about flooding. Now, let's say you have a fear of sharks. Sharks terrorize you and you probably live in Florida. I know the feeling. So any action you take to face a shark or be near one is really practicing exposure therapy. But if you were to use the flooding technique, you would do a cannonball into a pool of sharks and you would try to stay in as long as you can. This is called flooding, also known as implosion therapy, which is crazy, right? Because the word implosion made me think of the imploded submersible, and it probably makes you think of that too. So again, they really need to change the terminology because I probably wouldn't want to tell people I'm doing implosion therapy. Now, flooding is when you face your fear at the maximum level of intensity for an extended period of time. The reasoning behind this is that you are placed in a situation where your body's fight or flight response exhausts itself. So your brain can recognize that nothing bad has happened to you. So basically, you're going to get so tired of being scared that the sharks will just desensitize you. You're going to be like, I'm just so done with this. My body is just out of energy. It's depleted. It has nothing to be scared of anymore. There's just no more energy for that. And, you know, we can see how this can potentially work with certain phobias or PTSD, but not necessarily social anxiety. And I find that those who claim exposure therapy doesn't work, and, I've see, and I see it a lot online, is probably because they just jump straight into it, right? So that's technically flooding, where you think that you're just going to walk into a room full of strangers, go to a networking event, and you're going to just magically get rid of your social anxiety. Now, anyone with social anxiety will tell you that it won't do much good no matter how much they simply expose themselves to an office environment or with a group of friends without any thought behind it. Because here's the catch with flooding. It relies on the idea that no negative outcome shall come of it. But we all know that social anxiety has to do with people, whether talking to them, hanging out, presenting to them which means that you will eventually get stares, comments, run into conflict or things of that nature that just really involve dealing with other people. And those types of interactions might actually set you back. So it's for this particular reason that flooding is not really my preferred technique because the response is just so unpredictable and just placing yourself in the face of your fear without really understanding why you're doing it or reflecting on it afterwards, it just doesn't work. Now, the second exposure therapy technique is called graded exposure, and it's exactly what it means. It involves gradually exposing yourself to your fear by going up the ladder one step at a time. 
what happens is that you have a goal in mind, right? And based on that goal, you break it down into 10 steps. And that is called the fear hierarchy ladder. I like to call it the social anxiety ladder. And it's where you start with the least fearful activity and you work your way up to the one that gives you the most anxiety. And it might be that you're putting your toe into the pool of sharks. That could be step number nine for you. And step number one would be visiting an aquarium. I don't know. But it's really building yourself up to face your ultimate fear and really reach your goal. But we're not here to talk about sharks, okay? So I'm going to move away from that analogy. So let's make this relevant to you, to social anxiety, and give you a proper example of a fear hierarchy ladder. Let's say your goal is to be able to go to a bar with your friends and not be the first one to leave. So the first step would be to go to that bar on a weekday afternoon. Yes, you might be the only one there, but again, you are acclimating yourself to the environment. You don't have to go alone either. You can definitely bring a trusted friend. You buy a drink, drink a Coke, and you stay for 15 minutes. Your second step would be to go again to that bar on a weekday afternoon, buy a drink, but you stay for 30 minutes. The third step would be to go to the bar on a weekday night and stay for an hour, right? So it's more lively, there's more people. The fourth step would be to go to the bar on a weekend and stay for 30 minutes at night. The fifth step would be to go to the bar on a weekday night and stay for a few hours. And then lastly, the last step would be to go to the bar on a weekend night and stay the entire time. Now, these are six steps. You can make them into 10. You can really create as many baby steps as you want to reach your ultimate goal. I do want to mention that this isn't done in a vacuum. As I mentioned earlier, simply showing up for the sake of it might not get you the results that you're looking for because the activities on the ladder don't consider what happens while you are actually at the bar, the conversations, the thoughts, the feelings, the conflicts, and so on. So yeah, your body might actually be able to get itself to stay the whole night at the bar, but your mind might be traumatized. So then what good is it, right? You can't just simply do the activities and think that your social anxiety will magically disappear. And here's where the bigger picture comes in. When you practice exposure therapy within the context of CBT, this is what it would look like. First, you will assess your social anxiety with your therapist so you can be on the same page regarding your level of anxiety. You'll pinpoint your fears in social situations and discuss past traumas or experiences that could have contributed to your anxiety. Next, you'll create the fear hierarchy ladder that I mentioned earlier, and you'll sit down and number things 1 to 10 from least scary to do to the most scary for you. And yes, they have to be related to the main goal you set for yourself. Then you start with the first item on the list. And this is something that you can practice daily wherever you go. So hopefully you can practice that. And it doesn't involve much effort other than just walking out of your house. And I understand if you work remotely, it can be a challenge. Now, as you complete your first item, the key is to not move up the ladder until you feel comfortable enough with the first item. You might be tempted to run through the whole list, but that would really defeat the purpose of the exercise. The idea is that it should come as second nature to you without any added thoughts to leaving the house to go to the bar. And then next, what you would do is that you would reflect on your feelings and thoughts. 
you would ask yourself questions such as, what was your anxiety level before and after? What did you fear would happen? What actually happened? Why was that surprising? And what did you learn? And you do this until you no longer feel anxious about making it to the bar. You ask yourself these questions with each activity that you perform. And then you move on to the next activity on the ladder. And the key here is to practice regularly. The more you're out of the house exposing yourself to the activities on your list, the faster you'll feel desensitized. Now, at some point, there will be days and times when things will not go well. Maybe you'll overthink more. Maybe you'll be on your period. Maybe you'll have doubts floating around, making it harder to move through the exposure. It's okay. This is when you take a step back. Maybe you go to the previous activity where you felt more comfortable and you keep doing that until you're ready to move up the ladder again. This is very important that you do not judge yourself or feel like you're failing. And then while you're going through the list, make sure you celebrate your achievements. Use positive reinforcements to boost your confidence. Go get that Ben and Jerry's ice cream and enjoy it while you're making eye contact with the cashier. There's no time frame for how long it should take you to move from one activity to another. It really depends on each person's work, lifestyle, state of mind, and so on. But at some point, hopefully, you will reach the last point and cross it off. I do want to mention that you are not done yet. So yes, you've gone through all of these steps that I just outlined, but the work is never done. Now you're in maintenance mode. So you must keep reinforcing your skills or you will revert back to your old state of insecurity. Trust me, I returned to square one multiple times with social anxiety because I didn't make it a point to practice challenging it. Do you see how these steps are more holistic than simply just checking activities off the fear hierarchy ladder? It gives you a much higher chance of recovering from social anxiety if you go through all of those steps that I just walked you through. Now, the third exposure therapy technique is systematic desensitization. And this is technically a subtype of graded exposure because it combines graded exposure with relaxation techniques. Using counterconditioning, the idea is to break your conditioned response to a fear and replace it with a relaxation response. So what this means is that you'll train yourself to have a new response to the fear, a more relaxed one. So as you go through your fear hierarchy ladder, you confront your fears with breathing and muscle relaxation techniques. And there are really three steps to it. So the first one is going through the relaxation training. You learn deep muscle relaxation techniques and breathing exercises. The second step is to create the fear hierarchy ladder, ranking the least anxious activity to the most anxious one, as we did with graded exposure. And the third step is to expose yourself to each activity while activating the relaxation techniques. You can see how this also can be beneficial if incorporated into a bigger picture, as we've seen with graded exposure. I will say this again. Exposure therapy must be combined with challenging your thought patterns as they come up. Otherwise, you're simply going through the motions. But you should research which exposure therapy techniques might be more relevant to you and your challenges. When I started my journey with social anxiety, I actually created an action plan. It wasn't based off of anything. It was just something that I thought of that would help me because I was so desperate for help. So I just wrote down some specific action items related to a goal that I had. And so I built my social anxiety ladder for each goal and I kept to it. And it was the biggest game changer for me. So when I sat down to design and create the Challenger Social Anxiety 35 Task Workbook, 
I wanted each task to have multiple exercises attached to it because I know the importance of practicing baby steps to achieve a particular goal. So now each task in the workbook has three difficulty levels, and they are all related to the task. If you're interested, I'm going to add a link to the offer here so you can get the workbook. But if you do want to try it out first, I have a five-day social anxiety challenge so you can get a taste of it and see if you like it and if you want to keep going forward with the rest of the tasks. The link is also in the episode notes. Now, next week, we're going to move away from hardcore therapy topics and move into something much more fun and light to discuss. See you then.